0: off the the groove with with Scotty scotty
1: dubler friday may 7th 2021 episode number 184 another week in the books carter yeah another week in the books what's up buddy uh not much what's up with you dude
2: not much just uh got back from atlanta sunday around two in the afternoon took it easy sunday i think i slept probably 10 hours last night i'm uh rested recuperated ready for another week but then i look at the calendar there's no racing this weekend dang it
1: <laughs> back dang to it. another uh, a few off weeks here what is it two or three uh, between this one
2: two or three yeah, yeah something like that. It's three weeks in between so two off weeks yeah, yeah. um there are, there are a few non-national races here and there like there's a race friday night i think my dad might run over to near arkansas and uh i think there's another one coming up in kansas again so uh, there's a few on you know around that aren't aft races but
1: yeah, that was supposed. To, I'm actually heading up to Charlotte this weekend. There was supposed to be a uh, a race at Travelers Rest uh, that I heard like all kinds of rumors, like ten thousand dollar purse, all this stuff. I, I think they've called that and canceled that for whatever reason. I don't even know honestly who was putting that one on, but I was thinking about maybe popping in there on the way to Charlotte, but no dice.
2: I, I was. I was told—I reached out to Robbie Bobby because he's put on a race there before, and he said it's not him. He's actually doing a race in Greenville, Ohio, so I guess um, it's not him, but I heard it was canceled as well. So Uh uh, hopefully people don't drive there for nothing. It's always better to call in advance than take off driving.
1: Well, I will say uh, it's not as bad to have the couple off weeks with the, the amount of stuff we have to talk about from the Atlanta TT Um, is there anything else that you wanted to get in for this one before we before we start talking about this week's episode or what
2: yeah i do want to mention that we've had if you look at three classes three nationals that's nine main events we have had eight winners carter i like that i don't don't know if anybody's even thought about that but eight different winners in nine main events that's pretty cool
1: i definitely didn't even realize that and i usually notice stuff like that um that's cool. Stick with me, Carter. I'll, I'll take you places.
2: <laughs> also, also, we had a really good question last week. What was the difference between dirt track and flat track or flat track and dirt track? Dale Jones called me the other day and he said, basically, uh, if you Google dirt track, yeah, car racing comes up. If you Google Flat track, it's motorcycle racing. Uh, And then also, Bert Sumner sent me a really long email. I'll, I'll cut it down to as small as I can. He said he believes that the term dirt track and flat track have always been interchangeable from way, way, way back. For a long while, dirt track described events that were half mile and mile events. Back in the 60s and 70s, the AMA would track dirt track points separate from short track points or road race points and TT points. They were separated. When DMG bought AMA Pro Racing back in 2007, they made a conscious effort to standardize uh, the words flat track. A former flat track manager of DMG explained it to me this way. If you do a Google search of dirt track, you find car racing. If you do a Google search of flat track, you find motorcycles. So it's just like what Dale Jones said. So yeah. um, you guys are on it. I didn't have a clear explanation. I know the the flat track grand championships or the dirt track grand championships AMA uses for their amateurs. They use both and they're trying to get it where it's flat track to go along with American flat track. Yeah, But uh, it's just... I don't know. It's just a different wording. And we do appreciate our listeners and our patrons for asking us questions. And a shout out to our patrons for asking questions are sending us questions for our guests this week and we've got three great guests and we had some great questions come in
1: absolutely yeah everybody's questions you submitted we got them in we got answers for those uh and uh they're great questions i think even one of the questions uh dallas was saying that he'd never been asked before and that's when you can do that to a rider i mean they're hearing a lot of these same questions over and over so that that's pretty impressive so Thank you so much for being part of this week's show, Um, and uh, we may continue to do that moving forward, so um, be on the lookout for if we post uh, that stuff on this, talking to the patrons now. If you guys see that early in the week, hop on, submit your questions, and be part of the show. It's awesome.
2: And if you want to do that, you can become a, pat- uh, a patron on Patreon, yep. and you can get the early access. You can send in questions, and we'll, we're likely to use those questions before we use the other questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have three awesome guests. We called all of our guests on Tuesday, and it was Taco Tuesday. Was. So I didn't mention that. <laughs> I know our episode comes out on Fridays, but I did mention Taco Tuesday. <laughs> so I'm not losing my mind. All right. Uh, but I was just trying to throw a little cheap plug in there for Mission Tortillas. But Decoy wasn't
1: picking up what I was throwing. So. You, you did. You tossed a busy. softball. You softballed that up. Mission Tortilla oh, all day. And,
2: and he's at a softball event. Good job, <sighs> Carter. I didn't even
1: realize that. So boom. So all that to say, Jared Decoy is our first guest. We're going to call him first. Dial him up. Hello? JV20.
2: What's going on, Scotty? Hey, it, it's Taco Tuesday, and I know we're gonna talk. We we, we plan this out, but how many margaritas are you in to Taco Tuesday? Do I need to? Do we want to talk now, or do you want to have a few margaritas and, and call back? <laughs> this is the perfect timing, actually. So oh, the meat the meat's on I the wish, grill.
3: No, no, actually, I wish we were uh, Mexican right now, but forgot the girlfriend had a softball game tonight, so just draft beer at the, uh,
2: the softball field. So you're you're cheerleading tonight, she was cheerleader Saturday night?
3: Yep, absolutely. So this uh, Ra, ra
2: ree, kick him in the knee.
3: The hard thing is it's chilly. We're up in Buffalo, New York. It's cold. The winds the wind
2: blowing. It, it's a rough deal. Oh my god. What uh, what position does she play?
3: Uh right bench and D H. Not this kid. Um, but she didn't tell me it was a doubleheader, so man, I'm gonna be
2: out here all night. Oh my God, is she is she good? I mean, she got game or what?
3: Well, she's you know she's kind of like my racing program. It's you know it's pretty hit and miss. <laughs>
2: well, that's a perfect way to describe it. And <laughs> you know what? That's why I wanted to call you because I'm going to be honest with you, JV. Going into Atlanta, you weren't on my radar. I didn't even have you picked in the top five. No offense, but I just never knew you as a TT rider. What in the world got into you? I guess you
3: could say I'm not a TT rider, because, but I am usually have the speed, just not the consistency. I'm usually on my head or a mechanical or something like that, but I'm usually decent at the TTs. But, man, we just put it together. I mean, Atlanta was good. It was uh, just from the practice day, I honestly thought we were going to struggle quite a bit. Like, I've been riding quite a bit of turn track and motocross, and I'm like, I feel pretty ready. And as soon as we got out there, it's way different. Riding the twin to the asphalt to the transitions. Everything the track broke down. I was I was pretty nervous going into the race day, but we pulled it off.
2: I got you. I, how how was the practice day? It seemed like that thing went on and on and on. But you, it seems like you learned a lot out of out of all the riders. It seemed like you might might have learned the most.
3: Yeah, for sure. You know, we got nine sessions of five minutes apiece, so I think we got like eight or nine laps a session. And I tried staying out for every lap I could get. Um, I was pretty worn out by the end of the night, but it was kind of like one of those things I had to had to do to learn. Um, There would be times I'd go out, I'd be ninth quickest, and there's times I'd go out would be third quickest, you know? So it was like, well, I've got to find something to be consistently all day, but the track broke down so much. It was just kind of one of those things. We just kept making changes, and, you know, time we hit race day, we had a pretty good idea of what we needed to do from the night to the daytime, you know, to kind of go from there, but... But just on race day, a good start helped a lot. You know, uh, got a third in the semi, so we put ourselves on the second row, and that was huge because the first two Volusias we were on the fourth row for the main events. you know, last starting pick, so we didn't want to do that again.
2: Yeah, you, you got to get a better start and start further towards the front. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in in, the, in, in just a moment, but Tell me about the layout of the track. Did you like that track? Did, I mean, was it something that you, you would have designed it similar like that? Or w- what would you have liked to have seen different? Or would you just like to have it just the way it was?
3: There's only so much, I guess, you could do with what we have in the room we had for there. Um, it's such a narrow um, thing from pit lane to the ac- actually asphalt. So you can't do too much on the infield section. So they utilized, I guess, what they could do. Um. Yeah, you know, the track broke down, and it was kind of like a built-in-a-week kind of deal. But the, the track layout was fine. A um, little skeptical at first of the asphalt and the transitions, but uh, that was what that practice day was good for me, you know, to kind of trust that more. And by the end of the day of the race day, I enjoyed the asphalt more than the dirt section.
2: <laughs> really? Okay. All right.
3: Yeah, my, you know, my chiropractor
2: is so- going to work on me for six months before my lower back's <laughs> good. Is that because of braking bumps or did it just, just get choppy uh, in other parts of the track too?
3: The track was definitely super soft and uh, more of like a sand dirt mixture. So it was, uh, pr- it was pretty tough, honestly, um, just broke down, got some hard edges in it. And, you know, with the twins, we don't have too much suspension, um, but I mean, we made the best of it, but uh, right. it definitely, definitely whooped your ass in the main.
2: So, So you go out there, you know, qualified fifth overall, third in the semifinal. You just mentioned you're behind J.D. and Sammy Um, before the main event. What was your what was your goal before before that green flag, you know, before the green light went on the main event? What was your goal going in into the main
3: I had first pick for the second row, so it was just kind of like one of those things. Like, I just wanted to get it over with. Like, in my head, I am I kind of doubt myself a lot, and everyone was just pumping me up in the pit area. And I'm just, like, more of a nonchalant guy. Like, ah, you know, yeah, I'll do all right, whatever. But, man, like, once the helmet goes on and then they they start me up, it's it's game on for sure. Any time that I put my helmet on, on the bike, on the track, whatever. But just to get a good start, I had first pick on that second row, and we launched the start. And I was like, all right. I'm behind you know Davis and those front runners, and jDs are checking out. I'm like, "Well, you know I can contend with these guys and and all of a sudden, I found this one line in the last corner, and within two laps, I was past all three of them. I'm like, "Huh, well, I guess now i got nine minutes to figure out how not to crash this thing." <laughs>
2: Dude, it, it seemed like you're you're running around fourth or so. All of a sudden, at the the left end of the track from where I was looking, the the, the far end, to uh, pass the jump and all that side, it seemed like you went from fourth to second in an instant. One of our patrons asked us, how hard was it for you to keep your composure when passing your buddy Briar and trying not to crash both of you out of the main event?
3: It was kind of one of those things, you know, like Briar went for the pass and on Sammy and they kind of slowed each other. Both. slowed both of them up because it was one of those deals. Like, you know, I was, I was still probably six bike lengths behind them getting into that corner, but they took a line that they're not usually going to run. And it slowed both of them up. And I was able to roll through the middle and catch both of them and got the drive on Briar. And I was like, wow, you know, I think that was the very first time I've ever passed Briar in a main event. And I've been in the twins class since 2015. So, it kind of, like, put a smirk on my face going down the straightaway, you know. It was like, wow, you know, I just passed, you know, the two-time champ. But uh, but I was kind of like, all right, he's going to be hungry, you know. He don't want me to pass him. So it's kind of like, all right, charge. And the next lap, Sammy kind of bobbled, got one of them big old bumps and kind of went a little higher than I thought he was going to, and I swooped under him. So it was like, now I'm like, fuck, I got the slammer and briar behind me. Like, my ass is going to be
2: punted off the track and into one. So so you just knew that they're going to try to retaliate and, and come back by you at the end, next end of the track, and they didn't have nothing for you.
3: Yeah, for sure. You know, I, di- I didn't know that even. Um, I think by the end of the race, Breyer was pretty much on conservative, but he hung with me for a few laps. And even at the end, I don't know, you, you, as you as a racer, you know, like you hear stuff the whole race, like you're running up against the concrete wall and your bike's echoing. You think someone's right up your ass and tires are chirping you you just hear stuff every mistake you make you're like oh they're right there so I just kept pushing put my head down and you know I think JD was pretty much on cruise control but I never even seen him the whole race so it's kind of like one of those deals I'm like I have nothing to chase I, I wish I was able to see him somewhat to even kind of like pace off of him but I couldn't even do that so
2: but yeah it was a long race but hey we brought it home so when you're in second you had to have known you're in second place do you just You know, Like you said, you couldn't see J.D. in front of you. Are you just trying to hit your marks lap after lap, corner after corner, or or what's going through your head?
3: Yeah, definitely, you know, trying to get lap after lap, but it's kind of like one of those deals like we have that clock on the inside of the front straightaway now that tells you how much time in the race. It's like don't look at it, don't look at it, don't look at it. You know, just keep putting your laps in. And uh, that's what I did. But I looked over with like 30 seconds to go. And I'm like, oh, sweet, three laps to go. But J.D. already crossed at a minute at 30 freaking half a lap ahead of me. And uh, uh, I, I I, got around to the next lap. And I, I'm like, oh, all right, cool, two to go. I'm like, where the hell is the two to go at? You know, But J.D. was freaking <laughs> getting ready to lap me. Yeah. But so I'm like, all
2: right, he was- four laps, baby. <laughs> he was he was on rails for sure i got i got a kind of a crazy question coming off of what we were calling turn number two that really tight apex corner to come right back onto the pit road you're going towards like the the pit road and the pit crew and and stuff like that i didn't see anybody with any moto boards giving signals or anything like that when you're going that direction did you look up and see your girlfriend because she was going nuts i don't know if you had you know if you have a time to even look over to the right off the racetrack she was going crazy the entire race
3: I definitely didn't want to look right at all or even kind of like lose concentration because I, I feel like I've done that in the past before, but it was like one of those, like, you're going in that first corner, fourth gear, wide open. And we were, you know, that's our gearing for a, a mile track and we're on the asphalt. So I'm scared to death anyway. I got a front brake on my bike. Don't know how to use it. And I'm going <laughs> towards a concrete wall with an air fence and I'm like, just trying doing everything to stay out of it. So that was the
2: last thing going through my mind was look at the fans. <laughs> okay, all right. So this that brings us up to our second uh, patron question. They wanted to know, how cool was it to have your family, your friends there, and your girlfriend there for your career best finish?
3: It was definitely special to me. You know, the only thing missing was mom and my sister being there. But, uh, yeah, dad was there. They made the trip with me. My brother, girlfriend, flew in the night before, or the, the morning of, actually. She was at a wedding in New York, though the day before and it was just kind of kind of special you know I, I definitely pumped I came off the track and just everyone was standing there at the wall just waiting you know so that was a uh, very special for me you know and uh I, I couldn't imagine how first play is gonna feel you know if how a second so it was, uh, it was a it was an awesome night and you know hopefully we can live more of those moments here soon Who
2: who do you think was the most excited out of all your friends and family that was there with you I would have to say dad,
3: dad was pretty excited. He, you know, one of those smiles that you never forget is kind of, kind of a deal, but the little brother is no matter how, how uh, shy and quiet he's going to be. He was still pretty happy.
2: Yeah, that is so cool. Um, let, let's back up a little bit. It seemed like you finished off 2020, you know, with the third place finish at Daytona. You you had the momentum. You've got the momentum already here in 2021. Are, are, are you just getting more comfortable on the Indian? Or are you getting more comfortable with the team? Or is it a combination of both?
3: I would say it's just a combination of both, more so just getting the season rolling. I mean, we were ready going into Volusia, but, you know, Bonehead moves on my part, crashing her and frying a clutch and just little shit like that. We charged from I think there was a full field of twelve of us in Volusia and I charged from twelfth to fourth and had a mechanical in the main event that kinda like mm-hmm. set me back a little bit. But uh, you know, it was kinda like one of those things I like, all right, I know I have the speed, so let's just keep transferring it and man to go out on our third run on the Indian, get a little more comfortable on it and get a second. Definitely confidence boosting going into Texas, you know. I've I like the track. We've been there for a couple of years now. I got my butt whipped by a few Indians there before, so I know the bike can do it and heck you know it's up to me now
2: when, when are you going to win your first national do you have one specific race picked out you know i i, I keep saying like man i i don't even know if it's ever going to happen but
3: that's i get obviously not the way to think but it's going to happen when it's going to happen you know like i don't
2: care where it is all i know is the party in my pit area afterwards absolutely uh carter said you know he's got you you win in one race this year so don't let him down okay
3: do we have a dollar bet on it, like Pastrana and Sites, or no? Uh, he,
2: he. I think so. I think he wants to put two dollars on it, kind of one up that bet. So let's put two. Let's put a. Let's put a crisp two dollar bill on that.
3: Well, Carter, don't understand. I lost my factory ride, ride last year, and I'm privateer now. So, two dollars might
2: be out of the range. <laughs> okay, let's just do fifty cent then. How about a How about a fifty cent piece? All right, we got it. Final question for you. What are your thoughts on Jared Meese? Uh, it's kind of tight-lipped. He says he's uh, got a knee that's kind of not the, not normal. He's not even calling it an injury. But uh, what are your thoughts on Jared injured right now? Uh, are you even thinking about that? Do you try not to think about that? Or are you moving forward?
3: No, like, I, don't, I don't think about that too often. You know, it's kind of like one of those things we know the risk of doing it. Um, man, it's so unfortunate not to see him on the grid. You know, I think he's a valuable – person to our sport and on you know uh, social media to this uh, all across the platform and not to have him at the racetrack lining up it definitely felt different you know like it uh it's kind of like gave me that nervous feeling of uh him not being at the test day like man i hope he's all right whatever and you know kind of it, it definitely sucks you know we don't wish injury on anyone but uh yeah hopefully hopefully quick healing for him and man hopefully he can get out there soon and it's not too devastating for him
2: absolutely well thanks for your time i appreciate it have fun cheering on your girlfriend at the softball match and cannot wait to see it texas and i cannot wait to see the jv20 on top of the box all right i appreciate it scotty we'll talk to you soon thanks jv that was good that was that was really good i I'm, think i think that's the real jared Van vandekoy
1: i'm gonna go on record as saying that's the best interview i've ever heard of jared Van dekoy like as genuine as who he is like i don't know like I, and i don't know if it's you scotty i'm gonna say it's you it's you it's all you okay. you okay. pulled Thanks. that out of him Thanks. um Thanks. But I love that. I love getting the real Jared Vanderkor. You don't get that um, a lot, like, especially on a box. Like, he's talking about the race, he's hyped up and whatever. That is him hanging out at his girlfriend's softball uh, event, talking to us, just bullshitting, like, talking to us about his awesome race weekend. Every, everything. Like, yeah, everything. Everything. Like, it in, was so cool. I love it. I love it.
2: Yep. I, I was, so I, I did a track walk myself. Mm-hmm. Kristen beat ricky rackman brad jones my new producer we did a track walk and he was out there on part of the track walk as all the riders were but i got to talk to kill switch i got to talk to his dad they were so excited to be there and for that to pay off and, and and see their reactions in victory lane it's it's priceless and uh you know like i told him he wasn't my pick he wasn't even a top five yeah i didn't even think about him being on a podium and he proved me wrong and that can happen in american flat track every week We're, we kind of get this the same people on the podium all the time uh hats off to jd beach he was by far the top of the class like yeah. way up above everybody else but uh it, it left for some good racing behind him uh everybody else you know uh, was gonna be playing catch up trying, trying to catch up to jd but you know hats off to, to vandicoi his career best finish with a second. And while we're giving kudos, I, I would have to give a kudo. Big shout out to Colby Carlisle. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah. In the Super Twins main. And, and Carter, if we think about the very first Daytona TT, similar track. Vandy Deco- or I'm sorry, uh, Colby Carlisle was running up there yeah. before he broke. I think he was up to fourth or fifth in that main event. You were there with me. Yeah. You were in your Jeep. You drove down <laughs> and we covered it. And that was we recorded that in the jeep afterwards we did a memory we did a session afterwards and he was our biggest shock then yeah i think Van vandikoy is the biggest shock for me at atlanta but colby Obviously loves the payment and the dirt combinations, and yeah. he got his career best finish with a fifth. So congratulations to him!
1: Yeah, first of many uh, podiums. I still think he's going to get a win. Uh, I'm talking now about Vander back on Vanderkui. Uh, awesome to see the family, uh, the girlfriend uh, Jen on the side reacting to uh, him during the race. I love that they showed that on the broadcast. He got that emotion. Uh, To me, that's always that's easy stuff, right? Like that stuff happens every race weekend uh, where there's somebody on the sideline, whether it's a team owner or a relative or a friend or somebody like that is a super cool part of what winning these races or getting on the podium is is all about and a huge part of the human element of the sport that I love seeing. So um, kudos to America Flat Track for for highlighting that, for for showing that and JV 20. Get it, son. Up next, we
2: got Dallas Daniels, and he did something that hasn't been done since probably the 90s, Carter, and that is winning two classes at a Grand National on the same day. So he, uh, his production Twins debut, he goes out there and smokes them. Like, he was way faster than everybody else. I mean, Uh at the end, people got closer because he's kind of taking it easy a little bit. And then the singles, I didn't, uh, you know, watching practice day and then watching him early in the day, he qualified third, he stepped up his game in the main event. His teammate, Mikey Rush, kind of was running third most of the race when he got by on Cardus, He closed the gap on Dallas. Uh, if he would have caught Dallas, I don't know if Dallas could have stepped it up a little bit or not. But uh, Essenson's one and two in the singles class. A Yamaha sweep of the Al- Yamaha Atlanta TT. So I think we we have to call this kid. I'm calling him a kid because he's only 17. <laughs> Dallas Daniels.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and before we get into talking to Dallas, we're going to chat with him a little bit. Uh, we've talked to him a couple times before, but he's done. he did something this past weekend that we, we couldn't not call him, right? Like this whole deal is it's kind of a big deal. Everybody's talking about it. But I want to give a shout out to Ferron. Like the way that he rode Saturday night, he was the fastest guy out there. I was just impressed with the way that Ferron rode. From the start of the day to the end of the day, like to see him come over and do that at a national is is super impressive to me.
2: And you know, I, I went to Barcelona, I, I I went to Spain. It takes a lot out of you traveling that long in an airplane or two airplanes or three airplanes, however mm-hmm. long, it, and then getting here, practice day, sleep a little bit, race day, all day nonstop, and on a very different track than what he's used to riding. I mean, he does supermoto, he does flat track, he does a little bit of everything. But he's been here before. Yeah. But in in the in the previous times he came here before, it got into his head and he fell off a few times. This weekend he held it all together. He got he got a podium spot. Congratulations to him. He took the he took the trophy back in an edible, <laughs> edible to go bag. I, I that. love that. That's I what he carried that. it onto the plane with. Uh, Brad Baker and him, Kevin Anderson, the Vanilla Cycles team. Yes. Uh, I know there's a, a, a lot of people behind it, but congratulations to Perron his first career podium
1: i do believe i truly believe if that guy had a full-time ride was here riding every race uh he could he would be a contender um i mean he's he's a champion overseas he, he's in like champions win uh at, or, or, or compete at a, at a high level no matter what they're doing so um i'd well, love to see that well just
2: day. just relate that to Maxwell, who's been here for a few years now exactly get getting used to our tracks getting used to our tires getting used to the different rim size, you know, which makes the bike handle and react differently. Yep. If he would come here for a full season, he, he'd be winning. Uh, it took Max, uh, way a little while, but Ferran's right there, knocking on the door already. Yeah. So, uh, I agree with you, Carter. I think, I think he could win races. I know that's not what his goal is right now, but just for him to come over and compete in American flat track is cool, but to get a podium is even cooler.
1: And I think he's definitely on the list to talk to down the road. Um, I don't know if he's planning on coming to any other races this year, but Uh, i'd love to pick his brain and and hear his thoughts on his run there at the atlanta tt super tt but this one this interview is not about ferron this interview is is about the double d taking the double wins double wins i love it um let's call up dallas dial him up
2: hello dallas daniels Scotty, what's up man (laughs) <laughs> nothing were you screening your calls i had to call you twice man
0: no not doing that i was uh i
2: was on the phone with one of my buddies that's probably what the problem was okay well i'm, I'm glad you hung up and, and answered the phone this time uh what, what do what are you doing where are you at
0: right now i'm actually at mike rush's house um i've uh, been out here since probably about two weeks before atlanta uh flew to atlanta and then uh flew right back with mikey gonna be here until texas just uh,
2: just out here training with the teammate, and I think uh, been fun so far. Well, I was gonna bring that up later on, but since you just brought it up right now, do you think training with Mikey benefited you more for Atlanta, or do you think it benefited Mikey for Atlanta? Because, man, he was coming for you at the end.
0: Yeah, I think uh, to be honest, I think it benefited the the both of us. Uh, I don't think you know, it benefited one of us more than the other. Uh, you know he has to usually train all by himself you know ride by himself and cycle and all that stuff so it was just a nice change of pace for him usually me at home I have somebody to go with but sometimes I'm by myself too so um I think it was just good for us to be together and push each other we get along really well and we're really good friends and you know his his family's taken really good care of me since I've been out here and you know, it was just good for us. We've been, like, mountain biking with guys like Doug Chandler and just, uh, you know, been around a lot of good people. And I think it's not only made me elevate my game, but made him elevate his game that, uh, although we really like each other, we want to beat each other at the same time, and <laughs> we want to see each other succeed too. So it's kind of a weird deal, but it's super awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think it's helped both of us. Uh,
2: another one-two for the and Yamahas. You had a, a huge weekend, but I want to back up a little bit to Friday a test day that seemed like it lasted forever uh it was your first time ever on a twin um did you go into friday more looking to see what you could learn for the twin or did you go into friday looking to see what you could learn to go faster on the single
0: Oof, that's no kidding that day was was long for sure like i i barely had any breaks going out on both bikes but uh usually you know the as much as i really enjoyed riding the twin and it was awesome and i wanted to focus on it i had to keep most of my main focus on my 450 because i'm trying to win a championship again so uh you know just uh at the beginning of the day i was really you know paying attention to the twin figuring out how it jumps how it breaks you know getting used to the speed and figuring out breaking markers because you know it's like where i break on the twin it's totally different where i break on my 450 so i have to like remember and i was really that's what i was focusing on is trying to get used to the 450 as quick as possible when I got off the twin, just because I knew I was going to have to go back to back main events. But uh, towards the end of the day, wanted to get my uh, setup dialed on my 450. And, you know, I mean, I ride that thing all the time. It's like my practice bike. It's what I ride every day. So it's not a, you know, it's not any different. I, I really like TTs anyway. So it was a kind of split the day in half on what I wanted to focus on. And it worked out,
2: you know. During practice day, did you have any chance to, you know, hop off one of one of the bikes and go watch J D at all in practice?
0: Well, uh, actually right at the beginning of the day we watched J D go out and I think everybody on the team was just like, Holy cow, like he was wicked up right from the beginning and he was just he was on the gas, man. It was actually it was really cool to watch just how focused he was and how uh, how fast he was going and Colby too. I mean, both of them guys, they were on the hammer all weekend, and they both did really well, obviously. And, uh, yeah, it was it was cool to have J.D. and them on pace. Like, I would go over and ask J.D. questions, like how he shifts and how he breaks and how he jumps the twin and stuff, because I had hardly ever rode one, you know. So, so, yeah, like I would, you know, it was usually super twins production and then uh, singles, so I would at least get to watch him for, a few laps and then I'd have to get ready. But yeah, of course I paid plenty of attention to JD. I like to study what he's doing.
2: He, he looks so comfortable. Even the first session out, I think he was 1.7 seconds faster than everybody else. And, and then watching you go out in the next session, <laughs> both you guys are just kind of flicking those bikes around like they're mini bikes. So you guys looked really comfortable right off the bat. Uh, Tell me about the track. Did you like the layout? Uh, Did you have one favorite part of the track or did, did the whole thing just fit your style? I mean, tell me a little bit about the track and and in your opinion.
0: Yeah, the track was, I was so awesome. I mean, I, I, if I had to lay out a racetrack for American flat track, that would probably be exactly how it went. Like, Pavement playing into mine and JD's favor as being road racers. I, you know, I have a background in some supermoto. Uh, so does my dad, and it's just. Uh, I love TTS. I love jumping. I grew up motocrossing, so like the dirt being rough wasn't anything different for me. Um, and I mean, the track was just so much fun. I remember going out on it for the first time and just, just pretty much laughing the whole time, just because it was. It was nice to have a, a little bit of everything. You know, a little bit of asphalt, some roughness. You know that. Corner down at the far end was like riding a short track. It was just, it was so cool. And uh, yeah, AFT really did a a great job. And hats off to them for giving us a racy track and, and a really fun track.
2: Yeah, it, it was fun for us to watch. It was it brought all kinds of different elements. Um, did you find yourself trying to stand up through some of the breaking bumps? I noticed a couple of riders were doing that, but I don't I don't really recall seeing you do that. I know like especially coming off a of pit road, uh, you know, jumping kind of back into the infield and then some of the breaking bumps after the jump. Did you try to stand up at all through some of the corners or, or was that just other people?
0: Um, I did see other people doing that. Like, I think JD was one of the guys. But, no, I uh, I was more kind of looking for lines around them, like into the right-hander. I was going above them and kind of trying to miss them. Uh, on my 450, I would really just go right through them. But on the twin, they it would really make the motorcycle upset. So I was trying to look for a way around them. And uh, one of them slower-to-go-faster things, looking for my way around the bumps. So, uh, no, I never really up i'm sure in that super twins main event as the track got rough i i probably would have but not in any of my races
2: okay well, let's talk production twins first fast qualifier over your mentor uh one of the guys that you look up to one of the guys that's helped you throughout your career johnny lewis um how did it feel to out qualify him on the on the twin on your first day you know first time out
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh, it was really cool to be able to race with johnny at at the professional level, I've obviously raced with him a few times, but never, uh, never had an AFT race. So, you know, I mean, Johnny's developing that motorcycle over there and obviously they have some work to do and it's not, a, uh, it's not, you know, quite up to par yet. And I think if he maybe had a little bit more power, he probably would have been closer. So, you know, I, uh, I mean, I don't take that as like, Oh, like I'll qualify my mentor. I'm better than him or nothing. You know Johnny, he's a bad dude, and he's a, you know, he's won races for reasons. And I just think that the motorcycle has a little bit, you know, a little bit more they need to figure out. And uh, but no, it was cool to get to race with them. Unfortunately, he fell down. We didn't get to,
2: you know, race much at all. But uh, no, it was a good time. Absolutely, one of our patrons uh, that, that helps sponsor our podcast, they wanted to know the question: What was going through your head after you got the whole shot in the production twins main event, and then the red clank? red flag came out for johnny lewis what goes through uh your head when when you had that already set you had the lead you're long gone already you'll quickly and then the red flag comes out what goes through your head
0: well with that one we weren't into the race really at all i think it i think they red flagged it before we even made the first lap so really it's just kind of you know, getting the heart rate down and resetting and trying to do what we did again. Uh, the first start was actually pretty close. I think Kale Culkin was right on the outside of me. So I just wanted to try to get an even better start and just uh, just try to break away as soon as I could. Um, I wanted to try to get a gap so I could kind of relax and save some energy for the the, the 450 race. I knew if it was a heated battle with one of them guys, I was going to be uh, probably a little more tired than I was. So I was trying to go hard at the beginning and then, you know, let it plateau until they kind of caught up to me and then then uh, go again. But I mean, if it if we were about halfway through, it probably would have been different. But at, at that early in the race, I didn't really think much about it.
2: I gotcha. So that was actually one of my questions uh, that I was going to ask you. It did seem like you, you let off there a little bit, maybe with about two minutes to go. They closed the gap just ever so slightly. And then all of a sudden it looked like you picked it back up. Were you trying to conserve energy to hop off that bike and hop onto your single? Is that what was going on?
0: Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, that that twin's very physically demanding, especially eight minutes plus two laps on a track like that. So, you know, I kind of broke out to a lead, and I took a peek back, which, I mean, I hate looking back. It's a terrible habit, but, uh, you know, it's not – we don't have pit boards or anything or anything like that. So I had to – I wanted to make sure, you know, and, seeing I had a gap, so I kind of just rode it out for a little bit and just kind of took a break, and uh, about – yeah, about, like you said, about two minutes ago, I took another peek and seen, I think it was Dalton, he was kind of coming, so I was like, oh, geez, and I kind of picked up the pace a little bit, and then I was just like, eh, screw it, I'll just, you know, go from here on out, and I think we won by, you know, four or five seconds or something, and no, it was, it was a good race. When
2: are you going to ride the Twin again?
0: Uh, that, that's a good question, it's actually a, a funny story, I, I I didn't really know I was going to race this thing until about two days before the press release uh about two weeks before it came out my dad calls me and he's like hey you think you could do this and i'm like well yeah i mean that would be awesome and he's like okay and he hung up the phone i'm like yeah all right well i guess maybe they're just thinking about it and then tommy calls me about two days before the press release and he's like hey you're signed up you're racing like oh okay cool wow (laughs) and the release came out so it wasn't like a big we've been talking about it for weeks or anything kind of just got thrown together and it was a it was obviously a good decision
2: so i i would totally agree you know going out there winning in your debut um i know we're we're only three races in everybody is waiting to see you move up to the super twins class are you even thinking about next year right now are you even talking about going super twins racing next year or is that in the back of your mind
0: um you know it's definitely a conversation me and the the team have had for sure you know it's uh that's the next step and it's kind of crazy to think that i'm already thinking about that i feel like i just started um which really i i have i just have started but uh you know just trying to dial that in with the team nothing's for sure yet i'm not you know we'll see how this year goes if we win on the 450 and how we do at the ovals on the twin and where the twin ends up with the development they're doing obviously they're doing a great job with it and yamaha has amazing motorcycles
2: and i don't know we'll see you know uh not too sure yet Okay. You, you answered one of Kristen's questions and I want to follow up a little bit, but you, you kind of related Saturday as to uh, an amateur race or even a Steve Nace race, uh, hopping off one motorcycle and hopping on another one, or even, you know, just getting off of the track with one podium finish and then going right back out for the other class, you know, with not much time in between uh, at the, at the flat track grand championships, you do similar things. Do you think, you know, being not that far away from an amateur rank and, and go to those amateur races helped you to hop off that production twin and then j- just go straight, straight out there on that four fifty.
0: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, my whole, my whole amateur career, all I did, I grew up racing three, four classes, you know, at least two at a race, you know, my, you know, that's uh from sixties all the way up to my last year on four fifties and amateur classes. It's a, uh, I've always rode more than one class. So You know, and I've never obviously dirt tracked a bike with that much power um, and had to get off it and get on, you know, my 450. So it was definitely a difference. But, you know, luckily I was, you know, I feel like I'm in pretty good shape. And obviously I'm really young, so that that helps too. And, you know, it wasn't super hot out or anything. So, uh, but yeah, I think that 100% racing a bunch of amateur classes growing up was what made that easier for me, I guess.
2: All right, I agree. Let's let's switch our attention to the singles. You qualified third behind Ferran Cardus, the the Spanish flat track champion, and your teammate Mikey Rush. Uh, qualifying is one thing; going out in racing is, is a little bit different. Uh, qualifying third, were you worried about being you know getting beat by those two guys? Obviously, you didn't settle for third. But what were your thoughts after qualifying?
0: Yeah, the the thing about qualifying, and Mikey says the same thing too, is like we're not qualifiers. Like I'm a racer, and so is Mikey, and. You know, really just I mean, now you wanna be in that top eight so you can be on the front row, but it's like just get me out on a race. Like uh the pace always picks up during the race and the nerves get up and the real racers go to the front and you know, that I'm not a I mean, you have to qualify, it's not like you can get around it, but uh yeah, I mean I wasn't worried. I knew I just needed to be up on the front row and you know, that semi was good. I got the whole shot and me and Perron had a really good battle and um uh, you know he's a really good TT racer. He has a lot of supermoto experience as well. And um, I knew him and Mikey were probably going to be the toughest competitors. And throw Max in there. He was going good. And Henry obviously. And you know, getting off the twin, I was a little bit, I was a little bit nervous going into the weekend about riding two classes. I didn't want to jeopardize racing my fifty. But uh, you know, just I just knew that I wanted to get off with the guys and I wanted to be in the mix. Like I didn't care if I was leading. I didn't care if I was third, just keep the leaders in sight and just uh, be there at the end. And when I got that whole shot, I was just like, all right, well, let's just keep clicking off laps. And to be honest, I don't think I was outright, you know, probably the fastest guy there. I think Ferran put down the fastest lap all day, but I was the most consistent. And while them guys were racing, I was just putting down good laps, and that's all it took. You know, like Mikey, he caught me, and it was a little bit too late. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good race, and just putting down consistent laps is what won that.
2: I, I I totally agree with that um, in the semifinal I'll back up just a second one more question on the semi running behind Ferran Cardus, he has a different riding style uh, did you learn any different lines per se from him than what you were taking that, that may have helped you later on
0: um that's a uh, you know that's a good question um I don't I'm not sure I don't think so no it's the with- the track the way it was it was kind of hard to have like a secret good line you know a lot of it was just missing the holes which uh which I did he was doing pretty well in the last corner he was going around the outside of the holes there in the on the inside but uh he was kind of running a different line every lap he didn't really have like where he was on the same like he could have hit a golf ball in the same spot every lap he was kind of moving around maybe trying different stuff I don't know so I mean, yes and no. I kind of, you know, you can learn stuff when you come up on lappers. Like, oh, hey, that was a good line, you know. So, I mean, yes and no.
2: All right. So, uh, you mentioned that, that, that Mikey kind of got held up a little bit by Ferran. It seemed like, at the end, Mikey just closed up on you in a heartbeat. Were you kind of on cruise control at that point? Or do you think Mikey was just coming on that, that strong?
0: Oh, well, yeah. Obviously, Mikey was uh, He was putting down heater laps, and he was catching me for sure. But, I think I wanna say like three or four laps to go, I was uh I got in the right hander one lap and I went in way too easy and I'm like, Man, if I keep riding like this, they're gonna catch me. So the next lap I get in there hot and I ended up kinda pushing the front and I'm like, Oh man, I'm gonna go down and I was like, I'm not crashing this out. So I just stood the thing straight up and went straight through the grass and got back <laughs> on the track. And when I looked back I seen it was there and I'm like, Oh geez, not towards the end of the race. Like I've been I've led this whole thing. And then uh, I'm like, all right, I got to i got to keep going. And then, like, two laps to go, I about ran off the outside of the track on that little short straight to the last corner. And then I could kind of hear him, and I'm like, oh, man, here we go. So, yeah, Mikey was obviously running really well, and he was catching me, but I was also making some mistakes. I was
2: getting a little tight, and, you know, I, I think it was a combination of things. Yeah, I, I agree with you right there. Uh, you're leading the points by three over your teammate, is it too soon to be looking at point standings or is it something that you as a former champion, uh, already put that in the back of your mind and you're just going out there to race every race. I mean, are you points racing already or not, not even thinking about it?
0: Oh no, not at all. i you know, I'm not even really paying attention to the points. Uh, obviously glance at them a little bit and see where we are. But I mean, after this, this point last year, after the third round, I was like eighth in points, like 22 back. So, <laughs> I mean, it does not matter at all. Uh, Anything could happen at these next few races. We're way too early to get thinking about that. Uh, You know, right now it's just go out and we need to win races. We're in the best spot right now. We had a great opening at Volusia and obviously a really great day at Atlanta. And um, hopefully a few more good good races at Texas and so on. Uh, And then, you know, later on down the road, start thinking championship. But, yeah, it's way too early for that.
2: A lot of your family and friends were there. Your former team manager, your your sister was there. Your mom was there. I saw tears <laughs> of joy. I saw the, you know, Sam Estensen was going crazy. Tim Estensen was going crazy. Who was the most excited at the end of the day?
0: Um, wow, that's a good one. You know, to be honest, I think it was the Tim's wife, Tracy. She got to go on two victory laps. <laughs> she had just watched her, she had just watched uh, her team make history and. You know, to be honest, if it wasn't for Tracy, I probably wouldn't have a ride. Um when Tim was doing this, he uh he just went he was just gonna go twins racing and she said, No, you need to bring uh the four fifty talent up and she's you know, if she didn't support Tim, we wouldn't be Tim wouldn't have a team. So uh yeah, to be honest I think it was her. You know, obviously everybody was excited because we had like you know, we made history. I mean we won every main event and it was a, It was a really good day, but yeah, if I had to pinpoint one, I think it'd be her.:
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Did you guys really catch air over the jump when she was on the back?
0: no i don't I don't think so, but I did pick it up a little bit in the dirt and she started screaming, but she it was it was screaming of having fun it wasn't she wasn't scared, so uh she's definitely the wife of a racer.
2: that's amazing that's so cool um it was a good day not only for you winning two classes mikey finishing second jd winning his class and you know colby a solid fifth place finish too i think he really likes the the super tts because he did really good the debut at at daytona a few years back so all in all a great day for estenson
0: oh yeah it was awesome uh you know colby having his best finish me and mikey won two and obviously jd putting on a clinic in the super twins class at a they couldn't have gone any better. I don't think.
2: I've got I've got one more question from one of our patrons. They wanted to know which one of your skill sets helped you out the most in Atlanta. Was it your road racing background, your supermoto background, or your flat track background?
0: Uh wow, that's not nobody asked that one. That's a good one. Um, to be honest, I think probably my supermoto background, just because, you know, road racing, um, you don't really ever have a corner that tight and that slow and then transitioning from asphalt to dirt. Uh, You know, going from dirt to asphalt is easy, but sometimes guys can screw up going from the asphalt to the dirt. It is tricky, you know, and and stuff like that. And uh, and, and going from dirt to asphalt, too, because you have dirt on your tires. Sometimes guys get sketched out. So, yeah, I would have to say Supermoto Experience, too, and I'm really glad I went and did that championship because it definitely prepared me for the Atlanta Super TT a little more
2: thanks so much for your time. Congratulations on the double win. First time that's been done since the legend himself, Ricky Graham, did it. Uh, you're, you're our next legend in the sport, man. Keep it going, and uh, can't wait to see you in Dallas.
0: All right. Thanks, guys.
1: That kid is going places. Like, he didn't even sound like a kid when we talked to him, dude. Like, he sounds like almost like a guy in the back end of his career that's like he,
2: he, He's all. so ar- articulate yeah he's so articulate he can lay it all out there i know they've they've talked to him on nbc sn and he can he can describe that track and and he could put it where you could close your eyes and envision what he's talking about he's he's that precise and i think that's what it takes for him to go fast he, he can see it all he feels it all he's got it man he's the all-around package and if we don't lose him to road race, man, he's going to be around in dirt track for a long, long time. Tra- I said dirt track. <laughs> he's going to be around in flat track for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, I, I Googled dirt track and I saw cars. It was weird. Um, <laughs> he said it. I'm kidding. No, uh, no, you're absolutely right. And I I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he wants to stay here. And I think he wants to win championships here I- and win races to beat that record i do
2: unfortunately carter we've all heard that before (laughs) we've all heard that before if a if a smoking hot road race deal comes around with a lot of zeros on the end of it these flat trackers go play on the pavement that's usually what happens i hope i hope dallas sticks around i'd love to see him in the the super twins class i'd love to see him battling for a championship i'd love to see him battling for race wins i think he'll i think he'll i think he'll stay here at least long enough to try the super twins class yeah shoot he's already he's already won a production twins class at 17 years old in his first go round yeah. i mean come on man i mean I, he's in, he's incredible
1: chris carr last week called it like he he he's he's the one that said it uh, like next year he'll be on a super twins ride he's like there's no doubt in his mind and i don't think he's wrong right especially seeing how well he did on uh, his first time out and well, i'm not surprised
2: and if just look at this if he wins the singles championship for a second consecutive year nobody's done that yet in this class aft singles class uh he, he'll do that he has nothing else to prove in the singles class mm-hmm. will he stick around and ride production twins and and you know, spend another year. I don't think so. I think there's going to be more opportunities to, for him to ride its twin this year, in that provisional. You know, moving up a class. Uh, I th- I think he'll be in Super Twins next year, as soon as
1: next year. Yeah, I definitely see it. I don't see anything. Well, there's no reason why, even if he doesn't win the championship, right? If he doesn't even right, race right. another uh, production Twins, like I think that he's ready, and, and he thinks that he's ready. What blew my mind was the fact that he didn't even know a week before that he was going to be doing this a couple that it was, days before right like that yeah. like yeah like and then he just whatever let's yeah. go do it and then he did what you he know, did you
2: know like, ma- maybe shit. they did that so he wouldn't stress out too much about it maybe. maybe that was a planned move by Estensen and tommy hayden yeah who had been down the, you know tommy's been down that road before so maybe that was a planned move maybe it's just A last-minute deal that they approved through american flat track we didn't ask that question but uh that's cool that that he didn't know just a couple days before but yeah uh good interview dallas is on it he's out there playing and training and riding with with mikey rush doug chandler uh former factory honda rider he's he's out there he's not just goofing off he's training he's riding and he's still winning so
1: uh hats off to him who's up third Mr. Mike Turner, this guy, there you uh, go. he's been busy. I mean, we talked to him a couple weeks ago, what was about uh, six or seven episodes ago? I think we had him on for, for a full episode and kind of got his backstory there, which is super cool. Uh, I've just, I, I love what this guy's doing for Flat Track right now. Came in big with Honda, um, doing big things, not just on the national level, like what he's done to support. Uh, the RVA flat track event that happened a couple weeks back that we've talked about and had uh, the guys on to discuss. Uh, and dude, just big things in the singles class, right? Like bringing on progressive uh, like right before Atlanta. That's a big deal. Um, like, mm-hmm. and he's not just like, he's just not going half in, dude. He's, he, every, the, the amount of prep that this team has. Like, we were talking to Bigelow in Richmond and he was saying, there's never, a time where he says no everything they ask for to make the sh- the the team better is a yes let's get it like do you need two of them like that is amazing to hear from a team owner and if you're in big's position like that's what you dream for that's like a perfect situation right. there's a lot of stress probably that comes with that just because you you got to deliver when you get that stuff but like if you're good at what you do and, and you work really hard, that stuff comes and it's going to come for that team. So I don't know. I, there's just so much to talk to him about since we ta- talked to him before. So, yeah, I just wanted to call up Mike. We haven't talked to him since that original interview. There's been a lot going on. And Bill Warner, I got to hear about the whole deal there. That dude was in a T-shirt, a, a Honda T-shirt, Honda, Honda T-shirt Honda. in Atlanta. Like I never uh-huh. thought I'd see the day, um, but it's awesome. Nope. Uh, so we got to ask him about that. You want to give Mike a call? Yep, let's call him up. Let's do it.
2: What's up, Dover? Mike Turner, how you doing? I didn't get to see you in Atlanta. I'm so bummed out. Well, man, you was up too high. No kidding, dude. It took me like thirty minutes to get up that high, so I wasn't coming back down. <laughs> I don't blame you, oh boy, me bro, I've been I've been windy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was for sure. That's why I stayed up there. I was like, I'm going there once, I'm coming down once. That's it. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's been it's been a little while since we had you on, so I want to back up a few weeks before we talk about Atlanta. But uh, let's talk about some RVA Flat Track. How how cool was that event? Oh my
4: god, dude. That was awesome. Awesome, especially being my home track. Well, my hometown, yeah. it really wasn't my home track. Being my home being, but being my hometown and getting to see all the guys I used to race with and heck man, I had I think I had 70 some family members out there. It was, well, I was, it was ridiculous.
2: <laughs> I was wondering, they said they're parking up to 2 miles away and walking just to come see that race. How that that is so exciting to me.
4: Man, I tell you it is because it's been a long time since they've had a, you know a big race there or any kind really any kind of races and yeah man it was uh gosh it blew me away it it really did and, and, and that track ended up being like two miles from my grandmother's house and uh, another couple about five miles from my uncle's business and stuff we didn't even know it was
2: there and uh, yeah man and then the cops trying to shut it down it was it was epic. <laughs> That was epic, dude. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you still riding the high? I know we had John Nickens and we had Mike Hacker on, and they still just couldn't believe it was really happening. Like, it's still a dream to them. Are you still kind of riding that high, too?
4: Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. So far, since I've been back in flat track, <laughs> yeah, that's on top of the list right now.
2: All right. Well, I got to know, Sammy Sabedger on the microphone. Um, I gave him some pointers. I'm not going to lie, because he's my bud. I want to help him out. I gave him, like, four four things to do and not to do. In your opinion, how would he do?
4: He did real well. He did real well, except for when um, uh, my boys were up there with their bikes revved up on the line, and he didn't pop the you know the green light. That, other than that, it was it was all good. Well,
2: that's not in the announcer's contract, you know. I'm just I'm just gonna I'm going back it up on that one. You know, that's that's not in any part of my contract I've ever had. I'm not flipping any lights, which is green. I'm busy talking, and he's like he's like, oh crap, why are they still sitting here? Oh, it's my fault.
4: Yeah. Well, I I didn't know it was him either, man. I was standing right below him looking up going, who the heck's supposed to be doing this, man? I was like, what the
2: heck? He's there popping rev limiters.
4: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) later on, he told me, yeah, that
2: was supposed to be me. I was like, okay. (laughs) Whoops. Whoops. That's the whoops moment of the night. That's okay. (laughs) I'm okay with that. So uh, then shortly after the RVA flat track, you guys – uh, I say you guys, you and your team had this huge announcement, progressive insurance climbing on board, uh, Turner racing. Uh, that's huge, man.
4: Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, really unbelievable. You know, kind of blew me away a little bit too, but, uh, Todd with, uh, progressive give, gave us a call and, you know, they were looking for another team to sponsor and, um, you know, with us obviously having Honda, it was a nice fit for them. And, um, you know honda you know honda kind of has to say so a little bit too and uh call honda and honda was really into it and you know man it's got you know progressive and motorcycle insurance that's just uh that goes hand in hand so it is uh yeah it's um i'm kind of blown away still about it kind of blown away still about it man but it's it fits us perfectly
2: absolutely i want to know which race is flow coming to so i can be on my best behavior and i want to meet flow do you have you got have you worked that out yet (laughs)
4: <laughs> no, but we're bringing in, uh, you, you know, the the uh, the guy, the the half motorcycle, half man, Motar. We're gonna yeah. bring him in, man. I think more yeah. he's gonna run yeah. a few laps around the track. <laughs> I, I want
2: to go with him. I want to go with him. That's so <laughs> cool, dude. <I'm> not... <laughs> All right, let's uh, let, let's talk Atlanta just a little bit. Uh, top five for Wiles with fifth on uh, on the last lap. He got up in the internet top five. Bruner not too far back in seventh and Zabala fifteenth um i know as a team owner you, you got to be wanting wins but these guys are progressing and they're getting to know each other getting to know the bikes and stuff like that all in all are you satisfied are you okay with atlanta would you like to do it again i mean what what do you what's your takeaway from atlanta
4: yeah no i'm not okay with atlanta unfortunately i mean we really by the, the by times and you know on the transponders and things like that we should have been further up and um yeah i know that doesn't always trans you know translate onto the track but yeah with having henry you know it's we should have been fighting for the win and we kind of messed him up a little bit during the during the course of the race you know being a new team and we corrected ourselves and got him back there but a little too late Like you know we kind of cost him a front row start same with trevor um so, yeah, it's no, no, it's kind of disappointing. i not, you know, we're being with fifth and seventh. That's usually pretty good, but no, nah, not for us, not this year.
2: Okay. I'm right there with you. I, I would have to say, you know, I'd give you guys like a B plus always room to improve. I know you'd, you'd like to do it again. And, and uh, I I'm right there with you. I understand <laughs> that. Um, how about, how about the track? I mean, they moved in, in one week, the, the, you know, supercross was there for three rounds. Then monster jam was there. When we got the track, it was a mud hole. It was a mess. Uh, the track seemed like it was decent. Um, but as a team owner and for your guys, what did you guys think of the, the track?
4: Actually, the track was okay. I mean, it kind of um, – we've kind of been working on our engine package and, you know, our tuning package and um, and suspension. But with the engine and tuning package we got now, we feel like we've found a lot of speed since Volusia. And that long front stretch, man – it really played into us, you know, on testing on Friday, it kind of came where we thought it would, you know, and it's, uh, I thought it was really cool and I know my guys were really stoked about it. So I think, I mean, I got to give AFT credit on that one. That was uh that was a good move and it was a great track.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I mean, there's always room to improve for a first time track. I mean, they, I think they learned a lot. I think, you know, the mud hole from the monster trucks the weekend before kind of put them behind a little bit, but all in all, I thought it was okay. Um, it takes a lot to do what you're doing. I like your attitude that you want to win. I'm okay with that. And, uh, I've also heard from Brian Bigelow and he says, whatever they need or whatever he wants, you say, go, you know, go get it, go do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's try it. So, uh, I like that attitude that you have for your team, give them the tools and give them what they need. I like that in the team owner. Uh, the the next the next little question I got for you, or I have for you, I guess I should say is Bill Warner was there last weekend um, as a (laughs) consultant for the team. Uh, My P brain says I would have brought him in for a mile or a half mile. Why was Bill Warner there helping you guys out?
4: Well, I mean, the things we're working on, we're, you know, we need a little more, you know, drive off corner and things like that. So the TT really did kind of help. And Bill was able to help us and, hopefully that's not going to be the last time he's at the track, you know, helping us out. So, um, yeah, he was available that weekend. Uh, you know, the track layout didn't really matter. We was look, he was looking at, he was looking at everything, man. You know, the guys, winning us, you know, crew chief in the sport and mm-hmm. he was helping us out on, you know, from organization to, you know, looking at the bikes, going to the track, helping the riders. And when you got that wealth of knowledge that, you know, you can bring to race day, you know, you got to do that. And plus, I'm a huge fan. You know, I take the last time we were on here, we were talking. I mean, I'm a big Springer guy, him and Springer together for a long time. And, uh, you know, the great thing was, and Scotty Parker was actually at the Atlanta race, so we got to hang out with him too. So I had him and Bill Warner telling me stories in the pitch. It was awesome.
2: That's cool. That is really cool. What What is one takeaway that maybe you can share that you learned from Bill Warner that will help your team this year?
4: Um, Really, I mean, just, you know, how to run the team. I mean, the guy's been in charge for a long time. He had a lot of great tips and a lot of great pointers and then watching him interact, you know, as you know, well, I should back up as he's helping Brian, you know, I can see how he works with the riders and things like that. So, you know, for me and I get, you know, I got to hang out with him a little bit and just, you know, get to know him more and way he handles himself at the, the race track and on race day. I mean, that dude is still competitive and, You know, sometimes you feel like as a team owner that you kind of sit back and, you know, watch everything going on. And then after race day, you know, you get to jump in or before race day, you know, you jump in and put your input in. But he's taught me a few things now. So I think uh, as a team, we've got some improving to do, obviously. And uh, he helped me see some things as a team owner that I can be doing during race day and, you know, helping make my guys better, not getting in the way, but helping them put performance
2: better and that that's priceless and that's huge you know uh i, I want to back up and say kudos for you for getting him to to wear a honda shirt i never thought i'd see that day but uh, for, <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> to, have, to have him helping you out it's really cool the the people you're bringing in to help your team it's really cool it shows that you care it shows that you're dedicated and it shows that you guys want to win i also know that you guys got like you know all the bikes are prepared and you got all the backup parts you know i heard there's like three shocks sitting there ready to go for each motorcycle i mean and that's part of having a three you know a three team or three rider team is you got to be prepared so i just i love what you're doing mike and uh you know keep moving forward and don't let that you know don't let atlanta hold you back and uh it's time to win some races isn't it
4: man it is and uh you know it's we're going to keep pushing man we're almost there you know where you're where you can see the finish line but you just ain't you're just not quite there so you know with all my team in there working their butts off the riders are really you know i really bought into what we're doing and you know the cool thing is man i mean it, we're racing <laughs> we're out racing flat tracks you can't beat that so i'm really i'm really happy with where we are right now there's uh like you, like you keep saying, and I keep saying, there's room room for improvement. You gave us a grade of a B, and that was pretty generous. But uh, we're going for that A effort. And then, uh, well, I got you on here. I just want to make a quick plug, man. On next Friday, um the Friday before the Texas race, we got yeah. some big plans coming up, man. I don't know if you have heard, but Mike Kid is putting on a big uh, golf tournament, and he's going to have a little party afterwards. And it's going you're going to have Poovy there, Mike Kid there, Bubba Schobert. Yeah. Um, the original Honda guys, and then you're going to have all of my team there. So it's going to be a pretty big event.
2: That's cool. Is that open to people? I mean, are you trying to get some people to anybody. sign up? Okay, so yep. what should nope, we do? Open anybody? Watch, watch your watch. You guys, social media, and you're going to be posting about it. Or how how yep. if people want to know about it, how should we get it get get more info?
4: Check on uh, Mike uh, Rookie 70. It's a benefit for Rookie 79. So they're he's um, Charlie and them are posting. That I'm posting about it. Samuel will be posting about it, and uh, Mike Kidd on his webpage will be posting about it, but it's going to be a big event, man. they got a lot of old older guys that, that race coming in, not just those three that I mentioned, but those three are huge, and uh, hopefully um, we're working
2: on it now. We'll have all three of those guys at the track Saturday in our pits. That'd be so cool. I love your pit area. I love you. Bring back the old retro bikes, the old retro clothing and stuff like that. And I have to say while you're on here too, that I love your social media presence. I like the the throwback pics. I like the modern stuff. It's Everything just looks really good. Uh, we have reached out to Mike Kidd, trying to get him on the podcast here. Uh, I don't know if you know this story, but Mike Kidd is the reason I'm an announcer. He put a post way back in the day on the Flat Track Forum. And I answered that post and it was about something about being in the limelight, which, hey, I like that. It's something about traveling. <laughs> I'm OK with that, too. And it's something about announcing. So I jumped on it and I got hired to go to work for Monster Jam, of all things, because my kid was back then was with it uh, was uh, I think it might have been Clear Channel Motorsports when I first started. But yep. it's all because of my kid that I'm, I'm around and announcing. And then he kind of brought me into Flat Track, too, when uh, when AFT or AMA Pro Racing took over back in 07 or 08, something around there. But uh, I have him on the podcast, so if you can put a little bug in his ear when you see him, I'd appreciate it. Well, plus, man, your favorite is going to be there. Sober's going to be there oh i know i know that i got to hang out with. (laughs) come on man yeah yeah i got to see bubba Schobert down at lubbock texas him and and his wife and a bunch of his family came to watch the arena cross so uh he's definitely you know my hero for sure uh but there's nobody like bubba Schobert. but i just gotta say mike thanks thanks for taking the time out of your day to come see us here on off the groove and and keep doing what you're doing you guys will be on the box here real soon on top of the box real soon
4: well Scotty, i appreciate it man and thanks for having me on again man you guys are great i love
2: y'all's program and you know whenever you need anything just give me a call all right man thanks for the open invitation and we'll see you down in texas all right buddy see you man bye mike turner ladies and gentlemen what's what's cool to me is he's got so much going on but yet he takes the time out of his day somewhere and listens to each and every one of our podcasts he is one of our patrons on patreon and we appreciate all his support so uh it was cool checking in with him and he said he's available anytime so anytime there's anything we need to know about turner or the the three riders he's got he's there for us and it's, i appreciate it, that it's
1: not just that he makes the time it's that he's he's there and present when you're talking to him he's listening to what you're saying he cares about uh what you're doing and i don't know man what he's doing for the sport of flat track right now is pretty damn amazing to see uh so uh he says he every time he talks to us he's like keep doing what you do and i say right back at you man keep doing what you do because exactly like, it's exactly it's it's people like him and tim estenson and jerry stenchfield those guys that are that are making this thing go around uh every yep. every week and week out so um for sure yeah
2: before, before we sign off i just want to say thanks to our patrons uh tracy jones sent us a question uh bruce Timsky. yeah uh and also Tim Reardon and Justin Calkins had the best question for Dust, uh, for Dallas Daniels that he's ever heard. so it's yeah, good stuff. Uh, thanks to our patrons for, for for sending us questions. Sometimes we don't always think of the good questions. Uh, you know, it's just my my little pea brain that's between my ears and Carter's down there in Jacksonville that's uh, stressed out with his real job. So what we come <laughs> up with is what we end up with. And and uh, Carter, Carter kind of types me some questions during the interview uh lately it seems like i've been typing out the uh the whole intro and or not the intro but the the whole format of how it goes down and then carter throws in his two cents here and there but uh, we appreciate all of our patrons for their support and their questions and uh i can't wait to do it again next week and we don't even know who we're talking to just yet so no
1: so if you guys got any ideas i mean
2: we've got a list that we get through but of course of course we do and the last thing I want to say is uh, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there and grandmothers out there. Graham, happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, Graham's got four awesome children, and one of those children had me. So if it wasn't for Graham, I wouldn't be here. So uh, happy Mother's Day to everyone, and hope everybody has a good, safe, enjoyable holiday. And I'm, I'm ready for some more flat track.
1: I'm not going to lie. No, it's, uh, I wish I, was, I wish you could say it's right around the corner. And I can say that, but it's not really right around <laughs> the corner. Um, yeah, we'll get back we'll be back at a track before you know it, dude. Um and then uh yep. we really gotta get in planning that special one that we're going to. We'll we'll yep. fill you guys in on that one here in the next couple of
2: I'm about weeks. to book some rooms on Airbnb. I haven't done that in a long time. So dude, make sure I'm uh, gonna do a little something different and have some fun. And left out's gonna be making a big presence here oh, real yeah, soon. it's gonna
1: be a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait to do this one. It's gonna be great. And cool. possibly a road race. I've never been to one of those. Uh, so yeah, you to we'll be see. blown away. I can't see, wait.
2: now, what's happening now is we're gonna lose Carter to road race. He he didn't know what flat track was. We've already we've already done that, taking his virginity in flat track, and now he's gonna go to a road, road race, and and we'll never see from him again. I don't so, know, uh, man. That's Chris Carter. That's Chris Carter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he was here for a while.
1: No, I just don't see it, dude. I maybe, dude, maybe,
2: they, dude. Hey, you think we go? fast on flat track just wait until we go where we're going i'm gonna take you to some spots and you're just gonna be like <laughs> speechless just like that
1: all right just like well everybody that left out will get to see my real reaction like maybe that's a thing (laughs) yes that's a thing yes you you take me to the one spot we talk to the the point of contact there we find the one spot where they're going Mm the fastest and you take me there and it's just like it's just like lima remember lima you told me you weren't with me you Uh, never saw you never saw that reaction right
2: but i made you get out of your truck get out of that (laughs) semi-trailer and go stand right where they throw it into the corner. You'll never see anything like that in your life ever again.
1: I'll never feel for first for anything like for that. For first time, I'll never for, a, for a first time feel. I had pebbles all over my face, pea and taste it. Mm, yummy! It tasted delicious. I got to say. <laughs> uh,
2: Carter, yeah. Carter be, be be safe on your trip up to uh, Charlotte. Enjoy the family time
1: up there, and so, uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, brother. Good talking to you. Do your thing. Have fun. We'll see you. Anything else? Smash that like button. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends. Tell your friends. Off the groove right here is the shit.
2: Go back and listen to all the the old
1: episodes. We talk to people. Carter needs some sleep. I need some sleep. Carter needs to rest. I need to rest. But I'm going to keep talking. Are we done?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. See you guys next week. Peace. Later. Later. carter
1: bye scotty
2: bye carter
1: bye patrons bye Bye. see you next week hope you find your dad bye. bye buddy hope you find your dad no no